You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, we will be discussing the Netflix series, You. But during our discussion of the show, we'll be talking about quite, like, quite a bit about the topic of stalking. So I just wanted to kind of give, like, a trigger warning kind of deal. So please be cautious while listening to this episode. We don't want you to feel uncomfortable or get upset or have it cause you to have bad memories or anything of that nature. But before we dive too deep into our topic, Chelsea, what have you been doing this week? Well, uh, I had a game night last night with my work friends, which was really Ooh. fun. Uh, we played a bunch of games that I've never played before. Uh, but like, like the concept is simple, but they're like British games. So like we played this like pop culture game and it had all this, these British TV shows involved in it. So there were some questions where I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass on that. One. <laughs> like, I've never heard of this thing that you're discussing and really excited about. It's like right over my head, like all the, like, you know, the soap operas and like reality you know, game shows and like the classic TV present. Like, I don't know any of those people. So all of that just yeah. like went right off my head, which is really funny. Cause like me and one of my other coworkers were like super pop culture savvy. And we were both like losing because we don't watch any of those shows, <laughs> but yet the other two who were not very pop culture savvy were like killing it. And I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen? Um, That's funny. But we played Monopoly and that was fun. But yeah, it was just like an, a fun game night. And uh, I also chatted with D, our, our mutual friend D, uh, on Skype for like four hours the other day. Uh, we talked about K-pop, obviously. I mean, like we talked about personal stuff too, but like, you know, like two hours of it was like, look at this music video. Look at this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I understand completely. That's every time, every conversation I ever have with D majority of time is like like five minutes of personal stuff but it's like oh but about this band yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh but then also funny enough i found this through your instagram story uh oh yeah started listening to the artist maggie rogers yeah and her new album and like holy crap that is like the best chill music to listen to ever She's amazing, and she just recently had a concert here in L.A., and it was completely sold out, so I, like, couldn't go. Oh, good for her, though. Good for her. But, yeah, you posted about it, Natalie posted about it, and then I think, like, even someone else not related to you guys posted about it, and I was like, dude, I feel like I really need to listen to this album. <laughs> like, That's all anybody was talking about on Friday was, like, Nat has been super excited about, because she loves Maggie Rogers. She loves her music. And also, weirdly, Natalie and Maggie Rogers look like the same person. I was going to say, like, I kept thinking, I was like, does Natalie have a new album out? Like. <laughs> When I watched my very first music video with Maggie Rogers, I thought it was Natalie. Oh, dang. I need to watch it now. I, fr I freaked for like a second. I was like, oh, my God. Is that Nat? No. That's no. not Natalie. I, and like then I messaged her and told her about it. And she's like, really? And I was like, how do you not see this? I was like, anybody, anybody, look at this video, anybody. Yeah. No, I definitely got to watch that then. 
But yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was so chill. Like I was just, I was just like hanging out and like Aoife was curling my hair. Like, I don't know if you could see over Skype, but like my hair is like really curly. She has one of mm-hmm. those like chopstick curling irons and she just like curled my hair. And nice. while, while she was doing that, we were listening to it and it was just like such perfect chill out music, like good reading music. That's what it is. You know? Yeah. And, uh, also on Instagram, uh, we got liked by this podcast called all that in a bottle of wine. It was like, just like a random like on either our photo or they followed us or something. Mm-hmm. And so just out of curiosity, cause whenever a podcast follows us, I just check out what they are. And they had posted about like doing an episode about Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll just give that a listen. And I listened to it. It was actually pretty cool. Nice. It was pretty cool. Just like two best friends talking about, they talk about like nineties and two thousands pop culture. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So I I enjoyed that. I listened to their episode of Mary Kate and Ashley. It's pretty new. So they don't have too many episodes, but I thought it was pretty cool and kind of like similar to like a lot of stuff that we talk about as well, which is kind of fun. Um, and let's see, I'm still finishing. What if it's us? The book that I mentioned last week, I should probably finish it tonight. Um, I just haven't had time to like, other than today, to like sit down and read it. Mm-hmm. Um, also randomly found Tim Minchin's, like two of Tim Minchin's specials on Netflix and decided to watch those. And it brought back a lot of flashbacks to me and Karen, like listening to his CD in her car and like belting out that that CD. And it was just amazing. <laughs> Aw, that's so cute. It was fun. I, I messaged her about it. I was like, look, I'm watching this. Like, because Eamon's heard the CD, like, in my car, but he'd never seen him perform. And it's obviously, uh-huh. it's very different. It's like, it's like comedy, but in musical form. Okay. And a lot of, like, his expressions and things, like, kind of enhance what's going on in the song, you know? And so it was really fun for him to watch it. And then we watched... DC's Titans. I haven't finished it yet. We have we have like three episodes left, but boy, I have some thoughts on it. <laughs> okay. I almost wish Rob was still doing the comic box so I could hear like his opinion on it. Cause it's I don't know. So I'm I'm wondering if maybe one of the other podcasts are gonna talk about it, but it's interesting. It's not bad, but it's just like there's so much about it that I'm just like uh, <laughs> I don't know if I enjoy this. I think he's been doing, maybe that's something different. Like he's been doing Twitter live. Videos, oh, okay. And I don't know what he was talking about. I feel like, cause he like does his root beer taste test thing that he does. Oh, right. And then he talks about something and I can't remember if it was DC's Titans or he's talking about something else. It might be that I might need to go back and, would they be still posted on his Twitter feed? Yeah. Yeah, they should still be on his Twitter. So you can go back and look at it. Gotcha. I'm bad at keeping up on Twitter. But and then the last thing that I just watched right before recording this podcast with you is the the documentary on Netflix about the fire festival. Cause Eamon was like, Okay, can we please watch this? I've been hearing everything about this. Cause like obviously there's a documentary on Netflix, but there's also one on Hulu. Who, like, low-key, <laughs> passive-aggressively petty, like, dropped it right before the Netflix one came out, which everybody was laughing about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But 
I, I don't know about you, but like, I didn't hear about this festival at all. Oh, you had no idea? No, like at all. Like I was watching it going, this sounds familiar, but I really, I don't feel like I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably because I was over here and just maybe didn't hear about it, but it was just fascinating what level of absolute crap that just happened with that whole event oh it's really bad like they got stuck on the island and then there was like no food and like bathrooms and the tents and like all of it yeah like it's something on my list to watch the epitome of like white privilege in that guy to just be like oh i'm sorry only only positive thoughts here we're we're a team of solutions not problem like what Dude, you have a serious problem on your hand. But anyway, it's a fascinating documentary. Everyone should really go watch it. It's interesting. So, Katie, what have you been up to? Well, um, I forgot to put this on my list, but I had a dinner and gift exchange with the girls. So mm-hmm. I hung out with Tiffany and Karen and Michelle came too. And we like all exchanged gifts. And for some very odd reason we all gave each other harry potter related gifts oh how funny (laughs) yeah except like i didn't give i gave one person i gave tiffany a harry potter gift and karen a stranger things gift whereas like tiffany got me something harry potter and karen something harry potter related oh okay and then karen got me like two things that were harry potter related and then she got me this pride and prejudice like it's a book slash cookbook so it's a Martha Stewart cookbook, but it's also Pride and Prejudice at the same time. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, this is the coolest thing. I'm like super excited about like looking at it and all the recipes look really good because it's a Martha Stewart cookbook. Mm-hmm. So I'm like excited to like maybe start making some stuff from it because it's supposed to be food that fits from like the time frame that yeah. Pride and Prejudice takes place. So like some of the food looks really, really good. Like there's a lot of pastries and a lot of like desserts and stuff. And I'm like, "Mm, this cake. (laughs) Yum. Um, and then I had dinner with Tracy from Dawson speak, a podcast about Dawson's Creek. Uh, we spent like two hours together on Friday, just like catching up. Cause I hadn't seen her since, uh, we went and saw Tom Hanks together. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how was Thanksgiving and new year's and Christmas and how's, you know, your job, podcast, like, basically, like, tell me everything about your life that's happened since the last time I saw you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we talked about Dawson's Creek, obviously, because, spoilers, because yes. she can't talk to Charles about it, because spoilers. Yeah, so exactly. she and I, like, talk spoilers together, and it was very fun, like, uh, like, she and I need to hang out more often. That's, that's awesome. basically what I've concluded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then after that, I I had dinner with her, and then I went to my friend's house and ended up having to sleep on my friend's couch because uh, we were talking for, like, a few hours, and then we're going to watch a movie, and then the movie didn't work, so then we uh, watched an episode of Black Mirror, and then it was, like, one in the morning, and I was like, oh, jeez, and... Then, like, my friend put on, and he was, he was just like, you don't have anywhere to go, right? And then put on another episode, and I was like, well, I guess I'm sleeping on this couch. Yep. So that's what happened. I ended up uh, sleeping on the couch at my friend's house, and then we had breakfast, and then I, like, rushed home so I could go to my eye doctor appointment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you don't live close, so, I mean, 
No. It would be a, a no. rush. <laughs> it was, it was, a, and there was like traffic. I was like, it's 11 in the morning on a Saturday. Like, why is there a rush hour? Yeah, seriously. Uh, then let's see. I had boba with D during the week too. Uh, and it rained a lot. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> It more like we got our entire year's worth of rain in about five days. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I worked from home a couple of days because the rain was just so bad. I was like, I'm not leaving my house because, but like, apparently a lot of people did that. Everyone was like, work from home, work from home, work from home in the availability chat. And someone was like, I'm working from home because my house is leaking. And we're like, oh man. Oh, yikes. Yeah. And our office leaks. Oh, when it rains, too, which is also really great. So it, there's like trash cans everywhere with like water dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> oh my god, California's not built for rain. No, it's basically what it is. Exactly. Um, and let's see, let's see. For my geekery, I co-hosted on Geekitude with Rob, and we did. We talked about Harry Potter with Joe. Yay! So that episode is out and available so everybody can listen to us geek out about Harry Potter. Like we had real no like no real structure to it. So it started out with like us just sort of discussing, you know, what we like, what we don't like, and then it turned into me raging about Fantastic Beast 2 again. <laughs> yes. What I didn't like and then we talked more like after I got my rage out, then we had a little bit of more nerd rage talking about like what we didn't like the like what they missed out on putting from like book to movie and what we we had to end with like oh what are the things you do like because yeah. it's like a hate podcast <laughs> no it wasn't a hate podcast but no. it was just a lot of like nerd pent-up nerd rage about harry potter like we were we talked for a long time it was very it was very fun because i don't get to talk about harry potter that deeply with people all the time and like having two people that love it just as much as i do it was like great to That's like awesome. get all of our pent up nerd rage out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I also finished. I started and finished Two Can Keep a Secret by Karen and McManus this week. Yeah. I like. I bought it on Sunday or Saturday or something, and then finished it on Thursday. <laughs> I know, because, yeah, when you messaged me about it, I was like, oh, that's cool. And you were like, yeah, I'm basically done. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, it was really fast. Um, worth it, though, because I just, I was dying to finish it to, like, figure out, like, what, like, who did it, like, mm-hmm. why it happened. And I was kind of shocked about the ending, so I can't wait for you to read it so we can talk yeah, about it. because that's how I was with the first book. I, like, I don't know if you remember, like, I couldn't put that book down. Like, I stayed up till, like, two in the morning finishing it because I was like... I need to know what happens. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, wait, what? He did what to himself? What? Exactly. If you want our reactions, you should listen to that podcast episode (laughs) because we taught an entire episode on it. Yes. Um, And then I fell into a very deep K-pop fangirling episode for about two days. It was a little embarrassing. Like... (laughs) I don't, you were just reading the chat. You weren't even like participating really. Well, and I, I was I having a problem. I don't know ATs as well as like you and D do. Like I, I just know from what you basically you guys post. Yeah. So. I was clearly having a problem as you could see in the chat. And it was a little like, this is why I don't work from home because I would get too distracted by other things. 
And that's what I was doing is I was spending too much time, like really just like watching videos over and over. It was, it was a problem. It was like super embarrassing. I was like, this is, thank God you guys exist for me to like <laughs> chat deep to. dive with. Yeah. So that I could like, when I went back to work on Friday, I was like, I can breathe again because I was so deep that I needed somebody to help me get out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, back, back to reality. Like <laughs> it was, it was bad. Life. It was cause like so much stuff came out that we like this past week. Cause like, uh, Astro, which is a group I like Astro, came out with a new album. Yeah. ATs came out with a new album, but they like, they didn't just come out with a new album. They came out, they had like the album plus a vid- two videos, plus this video, plus that video, plus this, plus like a showcase. And it's like all of this stuff. And I was like, I gotta watch it all. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's how they get you. I was like, you know what's a problem when you sit there for an hour watching a video that's all completely in Korean and you have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You because have, that's like, what I did. Captions. <laughs> well, I just wanted to watch them like perform, but there was a lot oh, of yeah. talking in between. And I was like, I don't understand anything that's happening. <laughs> this just makes me want to learn Korean more than anything so I that know. I can like understand what people are talking about in the videos I like. Seriously. Um, and then I listened to Maggie Rogers's new album, and then, like you were talking about, and it's called "Heard It in a Past Life," and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited for her. I'm fairly new to listening to her music, so I'm like excited about it. Same and happy for her. And uh, I mentioned last week that we got a couple of reviews that we keep not talking about. Um, so I'm gonna talk about them. Yeah, finally, <laughs> and officially thank the people. <laughs> Yes, because we're very grateful because it's no one that we know that we know of. Like, <laughs> yeah, these are uh, okay. So it's really weird because one of the reviews is still up, but the other one is like missing. And I had a screenshot of it from earlier. So I don't know what happened to the other one, but I'm going to include it because it was there at one point. Yes. Um, but uh, it looks like Ellie Home 16 is the person who posted this one. And uh, this person gave us five stars, and it says, Love the topics, love the natural humor, banter, and conversation. Found Katie and Chelsea through the geek to geek network and started listening to them a few weeks ago. Kicked it off with the Crazy Rich Asians podcast and got hooked. However, I just had a nine-hour drive each way and needed something to listen to and kind of accidentally, or maybe actually totally on purpose, binged all the podcast episodes <laughs> I wanted to catch up on. Loyal follower, highly recommend. So Aww. that was very sweet. That was from back in like October. So that's like a long time ago. And I feel really bad for having yeah. not known. We're so sorry, but we hope you're still listening. And thank you so much. Yes, and we got a second five-star review uh, titled The Perfect Work Podcast, and it was posted by Mandy Nova411. This is the one that was there but isn't there anymore, so I don't know what happened to it. Uh, It says, I love the geek to geek Podcast Network, and this is just one of the podcasts that always keeps me entertained each week. P.S. Thanks for introducing me to a new things like the Potterotica podcast. Much love. Bye. (laughs) Which, Which is great. They so, listen to the end. <laughs> they listen all the way to the end for the bye. <laughs> um, but, you know, thank you so much for our, like reviewing the show and giving us ratings and everyone should keep doing that. If you haven't done that, you should do that. You can rate and review us pretty much anywhere. So like on Google or on iTunes, those are from iTunes. 
because those Mm -hmm. ones are the only ones I ever find. Yeah. If you do review us on any other platform, screenshot it and tweet it at us because that's where we get like notifications and we're on there a lot. Mm -hmm. So we do, we do want to see like those shout outs you give us. We appreciate it so much. Yes. Uh, And while you're doing all of that, don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com. So like, as you might have noticed, we basically recently changed our name of the network from the geek to geek podcast network to the geek to geek media network, because we're now including different types of media not just podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Beige, who's the co-host of the geek to geek podcast, um, went through and did a lot of work, which we absolutely love. He's an amazing human being and switched our like collective website to geek2geekmedia.com. If you go to geek2geekcast.com, it still will just it'll just send you to the new place. Yep. It's like redirecting. So it still exists, so you can still use that URL at any point. Um, you can check out the other podcasts on the network, and don't forget to sub- subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch streams so that you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games and talk about nerd stuff. And we might have some like cool collaboration stuff coming up that we've kind of like thrown ideas around, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, we'll include like the subscription, like the links to their Twitch streams in the show notes. So those are really easy for you to get. And then you can keep listening now to learn more about all the shows in the network. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together we're the Geek to Geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week... Keep it geek. And we're back. So as I mentioned earlier, we will be discussing the Netflix series You, but um, I kind of want to talk about something related to this before we like dive into really talking about the show. So like the main reason why I put the trigger warning at the top of the show is because this show depicts stalking quite realistically. Like it is very realistic, especially you know, in 2019, 2018, like in this time frame. So the show uses social media and the internet as the main tools, which the main character Joe uses to get all the information that he needs to start stalking Beck, which is the girl. 
And the amount of information that he was able to find quite quickly is actually kind of frightening. And like, it gave me chills. Like the more and more he like, they showed him like finding all this information out, like freaks me out because you really don't think about everything that you post. Like you're, you're more conscious now, I think of it than you were back in like, 2006 when you were first on Facebook and like tagging yourself at all these locations and to be honest I went through my Instagram and deleted a bunch of photos oh really (laughs) I did I did it yesterday um because they had like my last name and my uh like college personal information and like Mm. some other stuff that I just decided was like I was uncomfortable having it out there but I mean the problem is is that once you delete something like once you post it, it's kind of always there. Exactly. But yeah, that is interesting how much you can kind of piece together if someone's really paying attention. Yeah. So before we move into talking about the show, I kind of wanted to give a quick overview of what stalking is and then maybe talk about if we've had any personal experience about it and then um just give a couple of examples of resources that are available out there if you are or you think you might be being stalked by somebody. So the information that I'm going to give, I got, um, I'm going to share is from the Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service website, which I actually first heard about on the podcast Real Crime Profile, uh, because one of the co-hosts, uh, Laura Richards, she runs this program. Like she put it together. She used to, she's a former um, Scotland Yard detective. Oh. And all of these things. So like this website is specifically for UK and Wales. So it's more prevalent for them, but they also give resources for if you live in other countries. And then I also have like information if you live in the U S so what exactly is considered stalking. So from the Paladin website, the definition that they give is stalking is a pattern of repeat and persist, per, repeated and persistent unwanted behavior that is both intrusive and in, engenders fear. It is when a person becomes fixated or obsessed with another and the attention is unwanted. Threats may or may not, may not be made, but victims may feel scared. And even if there is no threat, this is still stalking and is considered a crime. So, like, stalking is official. It's a crime. It is. Like, this type of stalking is. So, like, it's kind of hard to understand what what you would consider stalking because we have social media and the internet. Like, if you meet a person, like, a lot of times the first thing you do to learn more information about them is Google them. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, now it becomes, like, what would you consider when is far too far kind of thing? So yeah, I think it's, I think it's different for everyone. I think that's like, that's a very interesting topic to dive into is because like, you know, when Facebook was at its peak, like we all joked about Facebook stalking each other or other people and stuff. But like, when you really think about it, that's creepy as heck. And like, you're not really sharing that information too much that you're deep dive, like looking into someone on social media. So it, it it the question really is how far is too far? Like yeah. is too far when you start taking action on that or is too far even just looking it up in general or in the first place? Yeah. It, it's where's where's the uh line? We don't know. 
Yeah. And in in this show, like, you very much see where he, like, 100% crossed that line. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also where he didn't feel he was in the wrong, too. Because I think that's also part of it. Because the thing is, is, like, people become fixated and obsessed, like, with celebrities. And, like, for instance, like, I... like. I love those those K-pop bands, but, like, it's just, like, I love their music, and I'm happy for them to be successful. Like, I'm not crazy obsessed with every single little thing that they do in their lives because that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where it's, like, oh, it's, that's too far, is where you start, yeah. like, deep diving into, like, their personal lives. And I'm, like, no, that's not the information that I want to know. Um, but I think like society too is partially capitalizing on the type of person that would, you know, look into someone's every little detail. And that's where it's troublesome is like, you have obviously influencers and celebrities who are like, oh, well I have all these people who are very closely wanting to do what I do and to, yeah. Uh, have the things that I have and to do the things that I do. And then that's what causes maybe some people to be like, oh, well then obviously my behavior is justified. Yes. But obviously like with this character, he thinks he's justified because he thinks he's looking out for himself. He thinks he, he, for to him, it's like information gathering like, oh, I want to see if you're even worth getting to know before I really get to know you. And I think that's what a lot of people do, too, now, with, like, with dating, you know, with, like, Tinder dates and things like that. Like, yeah, obviously, we go to, like, do the quick Google search to see, like, okay, is this person even, like, worth my time? There's just too many to go through. But obviously, like, <laughs> there's there's doing a quick Google search, and then there's calling a fake gas leak in an apartment and then hit going in that apartment and then taking all the stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, I will say though, that there are not a lot of things that like scare me really bad, but stalking is something that scares the crap out of me. Like it's very frightening. And, uh, you hear, I, I listen to a lot of stuff about it in like on the real crime profile podcast. Cause they talk about like, they talk about the the service and then like what stalking is and like some of the things that have happened. So uh, do you have any personal experience with this that you would share or? I don't have any personal experience. Thank goodness. Okay. At least none that I know of, but like, no, I do not. Okay. Well, that's good. That's great. <laughs> um, I uh, was stalked in high school by the person that I went to prom with, um, who was a friend of my brother's. Uh, I didn't realize that that was happening until I went to an event for the theater and he was there. So he was like older than me um, because my brother's like almost four years older than me. So he was older than me and uh, he showed up there and I was like, Oh, what are you doing here? And his answer to that question was, I knew you would be here. And that was scary. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) I was like, um, huh? Yeah. So I like immediately like 
shut down. Like I got, I got scared and like, I told my brother about it and I was like, he needs to like stay away from me. Like I don't like want anything to do with any of that stuff. And like, thankfully he like just left me alone, but like, that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes like freaking out like that, like makes it worse. Yeah. Because then the person becomes more obsessed. And then, um, I was followed home from Disneyland one time, Ooh, which was really scary because I didn't, I was probably about like, halfway home when I realized that like someone was following me. So I'm like now like super paranoid about cars that stick behind me for a long period of time on the road. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like real paranoid. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Like when I'm driving, like I always check my mirrors frequently all the time and change lanes very often. Like it's because because of that. Yeah. Um, like they, I didn't think anything of it, but like I would change lanes and then the car behind me, like that car was like, would change lanes. And then if I change lanes into an, in front of another car, like that car would wait until there was a space and then get back behind me. And it was like that for miles. I was like, there's no way that this person is just like, it's ridiculous. And the hundred percent telltale sign that that person was following me was, cause this is like back in the day when I had like a flip phone. Mm-hmm. kind of thing and I opened my phone in my car to call my dad because I had noticed what was happening and the moment the the phone lit up the inside of my car the car went from directly behind me to 10 car lengths behind me and got off the freeway Weird. so yeah so I was like this person is definitely following me so it was it was very scary um like my in the way that like things that have happened to me were very minor compared to like some of the things that have happened to other people and it's very frightening. So that was like just some like information I wanted to like share about about this because this show like depicts it very much and we're gonna be talking about it a lot. So I want people to be like educated and like understand about like what's going on in the show if you haven't watched it or if you did and didn't really understand what was going on or had questions or something like that or any of those things. Yes. Um, but if you are living in the UK or Wales, the Paladin National Ad- Stocking Advocacy Service is a great resource. Um, I'll include the link to their site in our show notes. And they have a really great website. There's actually a button at the top that says, um, that's so like if you're looking at the website and somebody comes up behind you, you can just click that button and it hides the website immediately and like turns it into something else. Oh, so like good. Yeah, so that website's really great. Um, if you're in the U.S., victimsofcrime.org is really good. They have a stalking resource center with tons of information, as well as projectrising.org has a lot of information. Um, and I'll include all the links for that in our show notes. So moving on from the serious part of our show to talking about the Netflix series, You. Mm-hmm. So... You was actually uh, originally premiered on Lifetime, which I had no idea. Oh, I definitely knew. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it premiered on Lifetime on September 9th, uh, 2018. And then internationally, it was put on Netflix on December 26th of 2018. Uh, I think from the information I read on December 3rd, they announced that the series would be moving to Netflix as an original series. So it would become an original series of Netflix. And it's supposed to have a second season excuse me um apparently the shift to netflix was right before the second season was supposed to air so i don't know what's going to happen with that now well as far as i knew it just didn't do well on lifetime like it, it yeah kind of bombed and netflix picked it up and it did 
extremely well. So obviously like, like extremely well. Yeah. And so that's why it's going to like be continuing on. And yeah, I think Netflix released the numbers for how many people have watched this show. And it was something like 4 million people have watched this show or something ridiculous like that. Oh uh, yeah. I I thought it was more, but yeah, like it might be more, but yeah, uh, it, it did very, 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 very well. Yeah, and the series is based on a book of the same name from 2014 by Caroline uh, Kepnes. Uh, so you can read the book, too, if you want to read the book. I am actually might pick up the book. I think my sister's reading it. I was going to say, I, I probably would want to read it. Yeah. Uh, so the series was developed by Sarah Gamble and Greg Berlanti. So Sarah Gamble, I know, she was a writer and producer on Supernatural. That's where I know her name from. And then, I think at this point, everybody knows who Greg Berlanti is. <laughs> You should. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did all the DC TV shows. He did see halfway through season three to the end of Dawson's Creek. Like he most recently did love Simon. So he's got a lot of, a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and then the show stars Penn. Is it Bagley? Badgley. Badgley. Badgley uh, plays Joe Goldberg. Um, Penn is from Gossip Girl. If you're, rem- if anybody's a Gossip Girl fan, he played Dan. Um, and then uh, Elizabeth Lale uh, plays Guinevere Beck. Uh, Luca Padovin plays Paco. And then Zach Cherry plays Ethan. And then Shay Mitchell plays uh, Peach Salinger. Yeah. What a name. <laughs> From Prelo Liars. I love Shay. Like, I'm very excited. I was very excited to see her in this. But, like, Peach Salinger? Like, what? Oh, yeah. That's awful. Like, <laughs> that is a not a great name. I mean, Sorry. Salinger obviously is not new, but... Peach, but oh boy, <laughs> a celebrity's name in their job. Although even was saying there was there was some like I don't know if it's British or he said like some socialite that is named like Peaches or something. And weird. so he was like, "Yeah, no, that's not new." And I was like, "What? <laughs> it's still weird though." Well, there's a I think it's um oh my god, what celebrity has a child named Apple? Gwyneth Who's Paltrow. That? Yes. Gwen Paltrow has a child named Apple. Yeah. yeah Weird. Just, yeah. Anyways. And then all the episodes are narrated by Penn. Like yeah. Joe. Technically, like Joe Goldberg is yeah. the person who narrates every single episode. So the plot of this show is, uh, what would you do for love? For a brilliant male bookstore manager who crosses paths with an aspiring female writer, the question is put to the test. A charming yet awkward crush becomes something even more sinister when the writer becomes the the manager's obsession using social media and the internet he uses every tool at his disposal to become close to her even going as far as to remove any obstacle including people that stands in his way of getting to her wow <laughs> i got this plot description from wikipedia and it is very accurate although it does make like he's a brilliant male bookstore manager no he crazy <laughs> like, i was going to say yeah. it's a little too much emphasis on <laughs> Like how awesome he is, but yeah. no, like the t- he's a crazy dude who becomes obsessed with a girl that he meets in the bookstore that he works at. Yes. And like, oh, there are spoilers for the show, if that's not going to be obvious, oh, which yeah. I did not say. Yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> yeah. So from here on, it is going to be nothing but spoiler alert for this entire show. So FYI. Um. Yeah, so let's let's just like I've got a crap ton of questions 
and I want your thoughts and I'll give my thoughts and all that stuff. So number one, what were your initial reactions when you first started watching this show? Well, I was dying to watch it and I was not let down. Like I, I was hooked immediately. Mm -hmm. I was very, very hooked immediately and obviously thoroughly creeped out. Okay. Yes. 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 How about you? Uh, same, like, obviously, like, I could not shut up about the show at all. And I had only watched, like, one episode. And I was, like, telling everyone, like, watch the show, watch it. I, I talked about it last week on this podcast. I talked about it on the Geekitude podcast. I, like, told my friends and other people. And I was just, like, but I was also thoroughly disturbed at oh, the same yeah. time. Because in the first episode is where he, like... Because he's narrating it in a way to, like, justify his behavior, which makes it more creepy. Because when he first meets her in the bookstore, right, they're talking and joking and stuff. And then when she comes to pay for the books at the register, he goes, you haven't... He's doing the narration, which is, like, supposed to be what's going on in his head. He says... You have enough cash to pay for this book, but yet you're paying with a credit card because you want me to know your name. Yeah. And her name is super unique. It's Guinevere Beck. And there's mm-hmm. maybe, I think he said there's like four people. And like, so he like Googles her and immediately finds all her social media because uh, everything is is on public. So he like scours her Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of that stuff. And then through pictures that she had posted on Instagram, he was able to piece together where she lived. And then he, like, goes to her place and sees her. But, like, what... Like, already you're, like, freaking out because you're like, oh, my God, he knows where she lives. He knows her name. Like, he starts following her at school. He knows her schedule. Like, he knew everything there was to know about her. And he learned all that in like five minutes. Yeah, he, he it didn't take him long at all, for sure. I mean, he did he did like the typical like deep dive into her Tumblr and deep dive into her Facebook. <laughs> and he was like savvy enough to like figure out where she lived based on photographs. And the thing was, is what did he say? He's like, oh, I don't have social media. Are you kidding? Like privacy. So he knows yeah. like, oh, yeah, because like he's also narrating like talking about like how ridiculous like all the information that she posts he was like it was so easy to find out where you live like i can't believe like when we're together you won't post things like this mm-hmm. or you won't do things like this and when he's standing across the street outside of her apartment he goes no curtains are you kidding beck he was like haven't you ever seen a horror movie which made me laugh but also i was like he's basically like, all of the things that made it easy for him to find her, all the things he's like, oh, we're going to change this one when we're together. And I'm just like, ah, uh, bro. <laughs> and I think, okay, so, like. Could, could uh, we talk about the curtains? Yes. That's, like, the biggest the biggest issue, like, oh, yeah. in the whole thing and, like, the entire internet has a problem with. Well, that she doesn't have curtains and she lives in a, in a loft apartment. Not, like, a yeah. loft, but, like, a studio. Well, like. Big ass windows, like just viewing in to everything. Girl, what are you doing? 
And, and like, her bedroom and living room are the same room, pretty much. And, like, he, he's able to sit outside of her apartment across the street and watch her have sex with people. Yeah. Because she's just, like, straight up doing it on the couch and stuff. And, like, which is fine. Like, it's your apartment. Do whatever you want. But get some freaking curtains. Yeah, no Blinds. Kidding. Put up a cardboard box in front of the window. I don't care what you do, but get something. Exactly. Girlfriend, what are you doing? Literally just anyone walking by on that street is just... Just right, looking right in. Like, it's New York. Yeah. For freak's sake, it's New York. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, that bothered, that made me so mad. I think I tweeted about it. I was like, Beck, girlfriend, get some curtains. Oh, yeah. Something. The enti- like, trust me, like, the entire internet is like, this is so, this is, that's like the one unrealistic thing. Yes. Because it's not like you wouldn't notice. Also, like, because she didn't have any curtains, like, how did she not notice, like, some dude wearing a baseball cap and a dark jacket just, like, chilling outside of her apartment, like, all the time? That's what I mean. Like, she could have been, like, in the middle of, like, I don't know, she could have just been sleeping and then, like, looked outside her window and someone was just walking by. Like, no. <laughs> no, that's, that makes me so uncomfortable. Like, my blinds are closed all the time in my in my room. Oh, heck yeah. No. Okay. So, obviously, like, did you think that this show's depiction of stalking was, like, seemed realistic? Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's what made this show scary, is that a lot of what he he did in the first episode is a lot of stuff that a lot of people do, but just he did it, like, a little bit further. Like, too far. Yeah. Like, like, too much. Like, we've all, like, you know, flipped through someone's Facebook page and looked at their pictures and whatever. But, like, we're not necessarily, like, taking notes. You know, like, oh, no. oh right. Okay, they went to that college, writes that down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we're not yeah. gathering that information. We're more of, like, just looking at it passively. And, like, you know, like, oh, looking through someone's Tumblr and blah, blah, blah. But, like... He's, he's like really locking in and paying attention and looking for the clues. And like, that's all someone needs to do is really like, we all put the information out there because for everyone else, it's just something that we're like looking at casually. But yeah, anyone, if they just had five minutes and like wanted to know certain information could probably find it. And that's what's, like, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. The thing was, is it's, like, like, what we said before, it's, like, where do you, where do you draw the line? Like, watching the show, it kind of makes you really think about, like, how much information we share publicly. Mm -hmm. Like, how much information is available on social media. Because, I mean, like, you know, 20 years ago, like, this was not happening. Like, you had to work hard. To, like, find out information on people. Uh, But now it's, like, like, how far is too far? Like, is it okay to Google somebody when you meet them? Like, if you're thinking about, if you meet somebody online, like, on Bumble or Tinder or a dating app, like, like, is it okay to, like, Google them and look and see if, like, they have a Facebook? Because there's also catfishing. So it's, like, it's, like, do you deep dive to figure out like if the person you're speaking to online is really that person or is it different when you meet them in person and then Google them based on like, Oh, they gave me their name. Like, should I look them up? Is that okay? So it's like, like what isn't, isn't okay now with how much technology we have and how public 
people's information is all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's that's what makes it so this show so realistic is because he uses all of that information to his advantage because it's just there. Exactly. And then he like he starts following her and I'm like, bro. Um, like we kind of talked about like my next question was like using his use of social media and like posting personal information and like does it make you now like go back and consider like some of the things that you've posted? Like Yeah, like previously, like I'm I'm really terrible about posting things now, mainly because I'm always paranoid. I'm like, no one cares about if I post about this. But they're like, yeah, like I'm, I'm really weird about tagging my location sometimes because then all of a sudden you have like five people wanting to follow you and you're like, who are you? It's because they're like looking at that location and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that or like businesses are like, oh, you're in this area. Come to our restaurant. And I'm like, please no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's stupid things like that where, like, it it does it does make you think 100%. Yeah, because, like, I mentioned that I went back and deleted some photos of stuff. But, I mean, like, deleting things that you've already posted on the internet, I don't know. If, like, once it's there, it's there forever. And there's no real, like, deleting, deleting yeah. at this point. But, but I mean, it makes me feel a little bit better. I was Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, it, it it is better than probably just putting just it all out it. there but yeah i don't know like at the same time you don't want to start getting like paranoid yeah to where like there's definitely like things that we should like you probably shouldn't like that de- like definitely don't post a picture of your house on the internet <laughs> like things like that yeah i mean it makes you at least moving forward, it'll make you be a little bit more diligent about what you do and don't post and, like, what is okay. Yeah. Because, like, I think Instagram introduced that feature where you can post things, but just to your friends, like, to specific people. So you can make a group of close friends that you, like, post on an Instagram story that only they can see, whereas, yeah. like, publicly other people can't see it. So, I mean, there's that option. So there are ways to, like be able to post more personal information or just text your friend a photo. Oh, Hey, look, look at me chilling in front of my new place. Exactly. Only send it to those five people. Exactly. Kind of thing. <laughs> so after a lot of people had watched the show, I saw like you and I both saw a ton of like posts on Twitter and all over the internet about people romanticizing Joe's character. So why do you think that so many people like were saying that? Because even like Penn came out and said, like, please do not romanticize my character. He is not a good person. Well, apparently he didn't even want to play the character in the first place because mm-hmm. he was worried that like he didn't want to necessarily even play a character that would in any way make this okay, which I think is really cool. And that Uh he he then did, like, work on it to make sure that it wasn't that way. However, some people are, don't, don't get things and decide to think of things in not a great way. Honestly, unless they watch just the first 20 minutes of the first episode, I don't know how in the world you romanticize this character. I, so, in a way... I can I can see how like people want to like him. Like I can see oh, that. Yeah. He does give like a lot of reason to like him. So he he outwardly 
seems like a really nice guy. Like, like you didn't, you wouldn't, like, meeting him, not knowing all the other things, wouldn't expect this behavior from him. 100%. So, that was the thing is, like, because you're sitting there getting both sides of the story, which is something that you not may, may or may not get in real life. So, I can see where people, like, you want to like him like you do because he's so nice to Paco and, like, what he does, like, for him and then, like, trying to support um like, be there as, like, a place for Paco to run to. And then, like, even taking care of of Beck to a certain point. But, like, you're sitting there going, like, I want to like you, but you also murdered people. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're like, crazy. And the thing is, is, like, once you get towards the end, you see that a lot of the reason why he does the good things that he does is actually because he has, like, these deep, like issues in his childhood. Oh yeah. Cause and he thinks what he's doing is right. And it's, it's not like at new. all. And like, he's been kind of taught that a lot of that behavior is okay. Yes. Yeah. And that, you know, like, Oh, he like, yeah, we'll, we'll get into like more of that when we get further into this episode. But yeah, he, even the stuff that you think is good. Isn't necessarily yeah. coming from a good place. Yeah, because, like, so he does a lot of, like, a lot of his voiceover is, like, his inner monologue. So him talking about, like, justifying his own behavior. So, like, it did freak me out a little bit because, like, you're listening to him and, like, the things, the excuses that he's saying and, like, his justification for all the things that he's saying. Because he's always doing that, like, um, like, Beck doesn't have a password on her phone or her laptop, which to me is just, like, like, you're crazy. Like, why would you not have that? Like on your phone, she should have a thumbprint, like I or a or, or a four digit passcode, like yes. anything, anything. And it's like him always saying, like, "Oh, well, you don't have a." He's like, "Beck, you don't have a password on your phone. You will when we're together. Like, Ugh. you don't have a password on your laptop. Oh, you will when we're together." So, but he always gives like justification because he's like, I'm getting rid of Benji to help you because he's not healthy for you. Mm. Or I did this to Peach because she's like, (laughs) I will say that I like straight up laughed out loud. Like when he comes to the realization, like Joe does when he's like picking into like Peach's life and realizes that Peach is obsessed with Beck. And he goes, Beck, you have a stalker. And I was Ah. like, you... (laughs) Like, Beck, you have a second stalker. (laughs) Yes. And, like, what is it? Uh, The thing that, like, was a little frightening is that he did it all the time. Like, he... (laughs) Joe is real bad at, like, everything, it seems like, a lot of the time. And did you ever notice those moments where he would, like, slip up where he, like, knew too much information, but he was able to come up with an excuse immediately? Yeah, well, because you wouldn't you wouldn't think as your first thing, oh, how does he know that? Is he stalking me? Like, yeah. no. Like, he gave very logical answers that you were like, oh, yeah. Like. Yeah. The bed. Yeah. The bed thing. Yeah. Where he was, where she's like, should I get a queen or a this? And he goes, your apartment won't fit a queen or a king. Or a king, yeah. And she's like, wait, what? And she's like, how do you know that? And he goes, 
this is New York. No one's apartment fits a king. And that was like super logical, but he was also in the, like, you, I think he might have said something monologue where he was like, oh, that's too much information. That was too close, yeah. When she came over to his apartment for the first time, like, all of the things that he had taken from her apartment and, like, from her was literally laying everywhere. Like, Which is like, he had, dude, come on. <laughs> I will say, though, that I was quite impressed with his ability to basically move with her around the apartment and, uh, like, hide everything and her never see it. Like, yeah. Like, a pair of her underwear was on the couch. So they like fell on the couch and he like shoved it into the couch. And then her workout shirt was on the ground. So he like took that and put it under the couch and then her old cell phone sitting on the bed. And I'm just, and like, what was it? Her journal that he stole, like her diary was also there. And I'm just thinking about all these items that he's taken from her is like frightening. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's super scary. Oh my God. Okay. Um, who freaked you out? I mean, like, so it's like Joe and Peach were kind of on different levels of like, because like it was very clear that Peach was like deeply in love with Beck on a like obsessive level. So it's like, yeah. and Joe was clearly like stalking her and he thought what Peach was doing was wrong, even though his behavior was obviously way worse. Like he killed her ex boyfriend and like, like they were both doing the same they were both doing the same thing but like in different ways yeah like peach was just like she was her friend but she was taking pictures of her in her sleep she was her friend but she was also holding her back in her career so that she could stay by her side and need her you know like she was giving her money to support her but just so she could like have that hold over her you know, yeah. whereas Joe was, like, like trying to be her boyfriend, but also, like, stalking her every move and text and, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. And killing people for her. <laughs> yes. Um, did you see Peach's obsession with Beck? Like, did you see that coming, or was that surprised? Oh, like, to me, it surprised me a little bit. It totally surprised me. I, I didn't see that coming at all. I thought she was just a crap friend. Same. I, I thought she was just a really crap friend. Yeah. And I will say that, like, Joe was real bad at, like, like he was trying to get Peach out of her life, and he wasn't doing a very good job with it. I was like, bro, if you're going to hit somebody over the head with a rock, like, dude. He's like, she's dead. And I'm like, she's not dead. <laughs> Although I really thought she was dead. Like, I thought she was dead, too, but, like, and then she wasn't. And I was like, oh, now Joe's got a whole new problem on his hand is how do you explain what happened to her? But also, like, him doing that made uh, Peach latch on to Beck more. Mm-hmm. So he ended up making his problem worse, worse, but that's pretty much where, like, everything started to spiral out of control was from that moment forward um, with, like, his obsession with Beck and, like, trying to get her away from, like... Like, to get her all to himself mm-hmm. kind of thing, which is just, like, so scary. <laughs> yep. Um, I thought, like, as the show was continuing, like, I knew for sure he was going to do something to get Peach out of the way. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Oh, yeah. So, like, did you think that he was going to, like, get rid of her the way that he did or, like, some other fashion? No, I definitely, I, I thought, I thought he was going to somehow get caught because he was, like, 
hallucinating big time and he had that concussion and all this and he was like passing out in the middle of the house like i definitely thought he was gonna get caught and he does eventually yeah but 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 not like by beck and beck doesn't well i mean obviously yeah later but but like i thought he was gonna get caught in the house by her and then he like i don't know I I guess I was just expecting it to happen a lot sooner, if that makes sense. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, the way it played out was like, it just, it took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but it definitely happened kind of the way I thought it would. The thing that was like blowing my mind was when Beck was taking the bath and like Peach was watching her and he was watching Peach watch her. And he was like, Beck, how do you not know that she's like watching you? And he's like, she's obsessed with you. And I was like, dude, you have no idea that your behavior that you're saying is wrong is exactly what you're doing. See, like, that was the thing that was just, like, blowing my mind, is, like, he could see just how wrong the behavior was. The exact same thing he was doing, but another person was doing it, and he's like, this is so wrong, it's not okay. And yet, he still was able to justify his own behavior, because he was doing the same exact damn thing, and he just, like... If not worse, like, honestly, if you were to compare them both, like, obviously his would be much worse. Like, what Peach was doing was absolutely not cool and it wasn't right. It, it like, it definitely crosses a line. Yeah. But he's, his is like so much worse. And yet he's like, look at her, look at what she's doing to you. It's like, look at yourself. Yeah. Look at yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, my 10th question, which I really <laughs> I thought was funny. was like, was it just me or was Joe really bad at being a criminal and just oh lucky God. most of the time? Honestly. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was really, really bad. Like, especially dealing with, um, the boyfriend. What was his Benji? Name? Benji. Benji. Especially dealing with Benji. Oh my God. Like. It's everything that he did was just like, so he like kidnapped Benji and like, so Benji knew who he was and he was taking forever to like kill him. And then he did kill him. And then he like left his body there and he was like, oh, I'll just do this and this. Cause he was always more concerned about the books than he was about like the fact that he had like a dead person. Although, to be fair, like I was too. Like every time I, like when he came back and Benji was like ripping up the books, I was like, how could you not think he was going to do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Anytime he locked some stranger in the cage with all of those books, I was like, all oh, this precious books, the precious books. I know, exactly. I was so concerned for the books, honestly. <laughs> um, But yeah, like. So then he has, like, a dead body that's decomposing in his basement that he always, like, Ethan never goes down to the basement because, like, how would you just, like, he always thinks it's weird and he kept Paco from seeing the dead person, thankfully. Barely. Yeah. Um, But, like, when he takes Benji, right? So he's got him in the trunk of his car, which he leaves outside in the sun. So now it's, like, smelly. And he's got two people in the car with him. And she's like, oh, there's some sort of odor. And I was like, yeah, it's like your dead ex-boyfriend. Yeah, no kidding. And then he, like, takes him out to Central Park and is, like, burning his body. And I was like, he's on the phone with Beck while trying to, like, get rid of the evidence of killing her boyfriend. And then those two people start coming. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to get caught. Like, this is ridiculous. And then he, like, lights it. And he's like, hey, I've got a bonfire. You guys want to come, like, hang out with me at this bonfire? And he's, like, inner monologuing, like, please say no, please say no, please say no. And they're like, Yeah. But we gotta get going. <laughs> right? 
And like, like so it's he, weird because he's like he's technically the protagonist, even though obviously we don't we don't want to root for him. But you're kind of like, oh no, you don't want him to get caught. But then you're like, wait, no, we do want him to get caught. <laughs> yeah. So like, so he does that, and then he like uh, is wandering all around Peach's house with a concussion and an open wound on his head. He passes out in the bathroom for like hours and no one finds him then he's like standing outside of the bathroom door watching peach watch beck and then pees in a jar and leaves that there and then doesn't remember anything about it and then like almost kills her therapist which just randomly happens to be john stamos that was so fun i was like i was literally like john stamos really like (laughs) yeah and then he also like kills ron the abusive alcoholic parole officer who's like boyfriend of paco's mom and like he kills him in front of paco and paco's like oh okay because he's a bad man right that's like why it was okay to kill him gets rid of that body who knows what he did with that yeah like he just disappeared and then Okay, it's just so a like, lot. there's a lot. <laughs> oh, there's so much. And okay, so and also you're like questioning whether or not he actually murdered his ex-girlfriend too because he also pushed her yeah. like the guy she cheated on him with off a building. Yeah, so that's very like, clearly his first like, time doing something. First time, yeah, like killing someone. But yeah, he does he hallucinates her all throughout Peach's house and he sees her kind of throughout mm-hmm. the series. So you kind of yeah. wonder like is she dead? Is she not dead? You have no idea up until like the very end. So let's talk about like the end the parts leading up to the end. So yeah. Beck is mourning her like her best friend dying who committed suicide, you know, close around it. But there's like a private investigator who's like looking into the death because the Salinger family is like, there's no way that she killed herself. And he doesn't believe anything that everyone is telling him. And so, uh, Joe is with this girl named Karen for a while and not with Beck. Cause Beck broke up with him. And he's like also seeing Beck's therapist, John Stamos, but like he's Paul and Beck is actually like, uh, I forget what name it was like, like Raul like, or something. Yeah. All these different names. Yeah. So Joe and Beck finally get back together, but then like certain things start to happen, which like kind of point her to like, Oh, this is kind of weird. Like he's questioning whether or not I cheated on him with things. And he's like starting to f- like, she catches him following her and he asks her questions about like someone she's texting, which makes her think like, Oh, you were looking at my phone and you know, we're not trusting each other and things like that. So it's like doing things that she finally starts to notice. And then when Paco brings over the book and says, Oh, I hid it in the ceiling above the bathroom. And she finds that box full of like trophies Mm-hmm. Like the her old cell phone that she thought she lost, and then like an underwear, pair of underwear, and the shirt, and then teeth, and she like starts freaking out, and then he like <laughs> he like kidnaps her. <laughs> yeah, exactly, kidnaps her and puts her in the cage. So, did you think that it like 
it took a long time, right, for Beck to sort of figure it out. Like, do you think that's realistic? That, like, realistically it would take her that long to sort of figure it out? Oh, yeah. I mean, would you, like, just suspect of some guy that you're dating that was just, like, has all this massive stalking, like, background on you? Like, I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the first few things I would think of, that's for sure. Yeah, when she dropped the glass thing of teeth, I was like, you are an amateur. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Like, and like, you put like, that shit back where it belongs and very carefully, and then you very calmly leave. Yeah, and he like knocked her out and locked her in the cage, and she's like freaking out. And I'm like, how do you like, and he's telling her, he's like, this is for your own good. It's because I love you. And all the things, you have no idea how many things I've done for you to get us to this point. And I'm just like, oh, this is where it like crossed like the part into like, because stalking is really scary, but this is the part that's like the freakiest part about the whole thing about stalking is that when the object of your affection could potentially be taken away that's when you become more the person becomes more obsessive and that's mm-hmm. when it becomes more dangerous because now it's crossing that line if i can't have you no one can and that yep. is what scares me so much about obsessive stalking behavior is that yes. aspect Like, all of it is very frightening, but that particular aspect is really frightening. And so, did it scare you, like, freak you out when she finally got out, right? Like, she convinced him that she was going to, like, no, like, we're together in this, like, I love you, and tricks him into, like, letting her out, and she ends up, like, locking him in the cage? I thought, I thought finally it's over. (laughs) Same. Little did I know. (laughs) That she would get to the top and is still locked in there. And Paco shows up. And I thought for sure, like, Paco is going to help her. Like, he knows that he's a bad guy. Like, he killed Ron, like, right in front of him. And he, like, backs up and closes the door and leaves. I was like, Beck's going to die immediately. That was my my immediate thought. I was like, Beck's dead. Like, he's going to kill her. Yep. And guess what? Yeah, well, yeah, because when he, because like you didn't mention the fact that like she locked him in the cage, but then mm-hmm. he had been locked in there from the owner of the bookshop before when he was younger, which is why he has a lot of these issues. And so, like, this owner of this bookstore, like, kind of took him under his wing when he was young mm-hmm. and like gave him a home, but he also like locked him in that cage and told him he needed to like, read all the books and learn all he needed to know to become like a man and to become like someone he respected. And he said, yeah, all those years of being locked up in their cage, like I learned to hide a key. And so that's how, and that's how he got out. And you're like, no, (laughs) like, like, Oh my God. And it was like the way that she, like she, she wrote this whole story about how they could pin it on the therapist Mm-hmm. Which was, like, brilliant on her part because that meant that, like, she would convince him to, like, let her go kind of yeah. deal. And, like, then she made a shank out of the keys for the typewriter that he gave her to write with. And she, like, stabs him in the side while they're, like, hugging and pushed him in, into the cage. And, like, when we call it a cage, it's actually, like, this, like, temperature-controlled clean room. Well, 
clean with quotes around it because he sticks a lot of like things in there um where he keeps the first editions and rare versions of novels in there and it's soundproof the basement is soundproof that's why he was able to keep benji in there for so long and then keep her because no one could hear her yeah so or him screaming or or him screaming too because he was locked in there all the time too Mm -hmm. so um but I was just like, oh, my God, she was so close to freedom. And then it did a time jump of four months. Uh, and she's dead. And he, like, got her book published. And The one framing the therapist. That was pretty, like, that was probably the most brilliant thing that he did was, like, taking what she wrote and then hiding the lockbox with all the obsessive stuff in uh, the like in this like thing across the street from his house, from the therapist's mm-hmm. house and then burying her body there too. And he probably also pinned Benji's murder and peaches mm-hmm. all on the therapist. But I liked that when the um, PI was reading it, he was like, this is such BS. Like he didn't yes. believe it for a second. He goes, this is so not true. Like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the part that, like, he's, like, talking about, like, I miss you so much. It's been four months since you died. Like, I wish you were here so I could talk to you. And then you think it's going to end. And then the bell chimes above the door. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. Like, it's going to happen all over again. Like, this girl comes walking in with, you know, she's got beautiful legs. And I like her shoes. And, like, she's got a hood on. And he immediately is like, oh, who are you? Hello. Like, he goes, you have a hood on because you don't want people looking at you, but you have your bare legs, so I'm going to, like, walk over there. So, obviously, you want to show off a little bit or whatever. Yeah. And so, I'm just, like, freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to happen all over again. And he walks over there, and she takes her hood down, and it's freaking Candace. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, the thing is, though, I'm not really sure. Because, like, you know how, like, he kept hallucinating her all the time? So the question is, is, like, is it really her or is it just his imagination? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it must be, it must be her. Because, like, what are they going to do for season two? Exactly. And when she goes, yeah, I'm alive. Like, shocking, right? I think we have some things to talk about. So I think maybe he might have tried to kill her and was not successful. Yeah. I agree. Or like I don't know, tried to get rid of her or something. I don't know. Or maybe she ran away and he tried to bury the evidence of him being a psycho. Yeah. You know, obviously like the brother. Like I don't think he killed the brother, but like maybe I don't know. I don't know. Did he kill her brother? Because her brother thought that he was crazy yeah like he i'm pretty sure he thought because he because he's mentioned that the brother the brother was living in a psychiatric facility and he mentioned that he was always pretty sure that candace was dead and that mm-hmm. joe killed candace and then when beck was trying to find out more information on candace like she came found out that that candace's brother died like six months prior to that mm-hmm so it's like now you've got all these questions like is Candace really alive? Is she actually dead? Did Joe kill her brother because he was asking too many questions? Like I've got questions that need answering and oh. I need another season to answer those questions. 
Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So to wrap up our discussion, what are your uh, final and overall thoughts on the show? I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought it, I kind of almost wish it was just one season and that it was wrapped up. Um, just because it was so good, like it had, it was like good all the way through. Mm -hmm. I thought like there were a few parts that I thought I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like not as interesting. Like when he was going to the therapist and like he was with Karen and doing all that, like, I don't know, like I, I shouldn't be with you because you're not good for me. Like Karen's good for me. And I'm like, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like stop with this BS. You've already murdered someone for her. Like you're very clearly going to go back to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just like, like, like he didn't deserve Karen at all. Like she was a wonderful human being. <laughs> Yeah. Thank God she uh, got out. Like, he oh. dumped her, and, like, she got out. But she knew there was something off about him, because she, like, she said she was, like, be careful. She approached Beck and told her, like, be careful, because he might get rid of you the way he got rid of me, or the way he did to Candace. And she's like, well, what did he do? And she's like, I don't know, but I don't think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, thank you for giving me, like, a way out. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's a good point. Like, or like that's a good to like I don't know I thought I thought Karen was cool but but yeah no I just I thought it was really really well done I'm curious if season two can top season one yeah but we'll see yeah I mean I feel the same way like I'm I'm interested to see what happens with season two I'm I thought the show was extremely well done it had it, it makes you really think about what it means. Um, in the 21st century to be stalked and like what is and isn't okay and how far is it okay to like search somebody on the internet and then it also really makes you think about like what you yourself post and like why you you start to understand like those people that don't put stuff on social media who don't have social media it makes you like oh I get it like, I, I'm starting to, like, really understand, like, why you're super private about your personal information because of things that could potentially be like this. I mean, not every, not everything is going to be this way, obviously. No. And, like, don't, like, the big thing is, is, like, try not to be super paranoid about meeting new people. Um, but also be cautious. Yeah. That's what it is. Is like, do enough due diligence to make yourself feel comfortable. Exactly. Um, And... And be safe about your own personal information. Put a password on your computer. Put a password on your phone. Um, curtains. Don't, curtains in your apartment, in your house. Um, post, like, don't post pictures of your home. Don't post pictures of things that are around your home that are unique. Or tag your location of your home. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to put your social media on private, but just be diligent is mm-hmm. basically, like, the whole thing. And then, like... People should watch the show. It's very well done. It is a little frightening because of the whole stalking aspect, but they did a great job. All the actors were fantastic in it. And like, it's it's hard to believe that this show did not do well on, on Lifetime. I think it's just like, no one goes to Lifetime for original content like this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
not normally. Like, so it makes sense for it to like the move to Netflix and it for it to become like outrageously popular. And also because like people recognize Penn because of his time on, on gossip girl. And I think that that was like a big part of like why I think people were having a hard time, like separating because Dan is like likable on, on, on gossip girl. Well, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> like you also recognize him from, uh, he was in, uh, easy a. So he played with Chuck Aww. Todd. And so, like, you really like him and stuff like that. And then he plays this, like, frightening stalker crazy dude. And you're just like, ah. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. But anyways, so I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. Uh, the show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc. You can also chat us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tea time with KC. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for future episodes, we just got one actually the other day from someone on Twitter. Um, you can also email us at tea with KC at gmail.com. And then don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you download your podcasts. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the geek to geek uh, media network by visiting geek2geekmedia.com and you can also chat with us in real time by joining our Slack workspace and Discord server. It will include invite links for those in our show notes including the links to watch uh, Capsule J and Troidal Powers uh, streams and until next time bye. bye! Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.